Hello, this is The Parent Panel, a weekly podcast where one mum and one dad join us in the studio to talk about the news and events of the week. The aim is to learn from their wisdom, their wins and their mistakes and have a laugh along the way. This week, we're talking about what it means to be a good man, running away from responsibility, schoolyard friendships and getting nude. I do a massive job keeping them alive. I'm not going to climb up that slide and go down that slide and ruin my pants. Two nights ago, my daughter punched me in the face for a laugh. And then I just, I just, I spent the next half an hour making her feel better about punching me in the face. My wife and I have this great saying with each other, and that is, the days are long, but the years are short. The Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Our two parents today are Jacinta Tynan, Sky News presenter and author of Mother Zen, mother of two boys. This is a problem for me every week. Nine and ten now? Well, you mean you don't know my children's ages are far Eight and ten. Eight and ten. Hello, Jacinta. How are Hi, you? Hi, Siobhan. Great, thanks. And actor Ryan Johnson, who is a father of one little girl who I'm saying is five because she started school this year. Absolutely. She is five years old. Oh, he's sounding a little bit croaky there. Yeah, no, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm back. You're back. He's Be- available for voiceovers. Yes. Good. Yeah, he's available for voiceovers and apparently poetry now. Yes, I do it all. Thank you. Yeah, um, I had seen your post on Instagram. Mm. You contributed to a charity event where you mm. read your very own poetry. Yeah, Poems for Pause, where we, we, we all turned up and did a poem that we'd written. The ticket sales went to the Bushfire Relief. Okay, please don't stop there. We want to hear the poem. Oh, oh, right, straight off the bat? <laughs> right now. Okay, well, um, we were told that we could we could do a poem about anything we liked, and so I thought that I would I would bring the tone down a little because, you know, the country's been going through a hard time, and so I suggested that everyone in the audience close their eyes and just let me evoke them with the in- imagery. Um, it's a powerful piece. Uh, it's called Beautiful Majestic Birds. So here goes. Hey, pigeon. majestic bird of the sky it amazes me that you bobble about when dude you can fly as I toss a crumb toward you and you look into my eye I wonder in that moment if our souls are saying hi (laughs) not in a sexy way (laughs) man that would be absurd surely I'm not suggesting I'm attracted to a bird Or am I, wink? No, I'm just flirting. Oh my God, what are we doing? (laughs) Pretending we're not hurting? Sorry if this is full on. I know we really don't know each other. But the way we're connecting right now, I see you like a brother or sister or whatever you have down there. Do pigeons have feathers or feathery pubic hair? Oh God, what am I saying? We literally just met. But this moment, this connection is something I can't forget. Want to come back to mine? I don't know. We can chat or even spoon. Watch Marriage Story. Or is this all happening too soon? Actually, don't watch Marriage Story. It will make you go insane. Like yesterday, coming home from Hawaii, I cried on the plane. Wow! What is this? I'm telling you my embarrassing stuff. I don't know. I guess I trust you. And for me... That's enough. But like that, you swallow the crumb and turn your head away. (laughs) Thanks for this moment, pigeon. You have a nice day. I watch you waddle off so silvery, brownie and white. Actually, there's some black stuff in there too. What a beautiful, majestic sight. 
<laughs> that Thank is you. awesome. <clears throat> Thank you. You really yes. Can so, you just ditch your acting career and yeah. become a poet? Look, I am. I I'm in talks. I'm in a lot of talks okay, with um, with, uh, with yeah various uh, <laughs> just influential poetry types. Um, so yeah, stand by for a book and uh, book tour and uh, poetry reading nights. I reckon coming there's your something way. Yeah. something there. That was very cool. Yeah, very Thanks. clever. That's got to be one of the hardest mediums to write. Look, poetry. <laughs> that and children's books. I reckon you could do both. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about. Doing an uh, obviously an illustrated version of that for the kids, <laughs> but how sad was Marriage Story? I oh. I couldn't I didn't, just didn't go there. Oh, I, I mean, sobbed. Yeah, it was it was. I cathartic. made a mistake with Joker. I'm not going to any more serious sad movies. Yeah, I know they're different extremes, but still, you <clears throat> yeah. Know? Joker didn't remind me um, as much of your own uh, life. Of, of my marriage um, falling apart as as Marriage Story did. I'm glad but, we're starting uh, on a high note, everyone. But uh, it's Joker was a fun one to watch while my marriage was falling apart. Right, yeah. because it was... It's just so, so fun, light-hearted. Light, yeah. You know, a real <laughs> so giggle. Yeah. Did, has anyone seen Little Women? Yeah. Did you cry in that? No. What? I didn't cry at all. I thought it was kind of irritating. You're kidding. I'm sorry. I can't oh buy in. God. I haven't said it. How do you all have time to go to the movies? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Well, um, I skive off parenting. Yeah, as an actor, I'm so busy um, <laughs> most of the year. I can't believe you didn't cry in Little Women. Anyway, look, this is not what we're here to talk about. I cried when it was over. Out of relief. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what kind of man is he? Is that a segue for you? No, but thank you. I'll, I'll try use to be that a good word. man. Well, thank you both for doing my job for me. That is our first topic up today. What it takes to make a good man. As a dad, you know, there's things that's pretty obvious and easy to do. Uh, and that's maybe in the way that we bring up our sons, the examples we set. I think once, you know, a, a, a boy is old enough to comprehend certain concepts it's sitting them down like just make sure that they properly understand how to treat women and they properly understand that weak men can't control their emotions so that's a grab from the 7:30 report and it was simon farmer who's a friend of hannah clark the brisbane mum who was murdered along with her three children by her estranged husband and now it's not very common for us to do such serious topics on the parent panel but it's one we can't ignore um toby francis wrote about this this week and he says that men need to step up and accept when they have a problem with anger and get help i don't know who toby is he just wrote this letter about his own uh, experience with anger and he was saying we need to end the myth of the good man because he says even good men can turn violent and he used his own example of what could have happened in his life. Jacinta, I know it's a generalisation but it is what we're talking about. Do you think men generally have a problem identifying and expressing anger and when it comes to that kind of thing, how much responsibility does the media have when it comes to reporting about these crimes? Well, they're two different points. I do think that, that men generally, Ryan, present company excluded, seem to have a, a problem with their anger, and that's just demonstrating all the time. I've got personal experience with that, and I, I won't elaborate on that, but I, I think that where it comes from, it's cyclical. It's gone on for generations where we hopefully we're changing it now as a mother of young sons, as you and I are, but men have traditionally not been encouraged to express their emotions, and anger is repressed sadness. That's just basic psychology. That's what it is. If you don't deal with your deep emotions, it's going to come out somewhere. And then when they get into relationships with women, 
these these types of men tend to project and and pour it onto them and what we're still really far behind in is that we we are still in the in the family court system and and just in general society we still seem to say it's just an argument it's just relationship problems it's just conflict it's not it's abuse call it what it is it's abuse when it escalates to the extreme we saw with Hannah Baxter just beyond words beyond comprehension of course just the worst kind of tragedy they're not going to all get to that point thank god but they start somewhere domestic violence does not exist in a vacuum it doesn't just come out of nowhere you find that any man i'm going to say men because it is mostly men statistically mm. it is mostly men of course there are some women who inflict domestic violence but sorry it's weighed in well in favor in inverted commas of men so let's talk about men when they uh, inflict violence against women it always starts with emotional abuse at that level. Emotional, verbal, financial. It doesn't just start. Suddenly they hit a woman. So we need to stop it back there. We can't just wait till it gets to this point and say, oh no, look what's happened. This terrible tragedy in Brisbane. And How did we not see the signs? I'll tell you what the signs were. The woman fled home. The doona cover, the frozen doona cover was still flapping on the line. She fled. She, she went and told up with her parents to try to be safe. There are the signs, and there would have been many signs before that. It's when the man is abusive. It's when he's controlling. It's when he's cruel to, to the woman. It's when he's uh, contr- cruel to the children. It's when he's yelling. It's all the, They're the signs, and so let's stop it then. And it's up to men to go and seek help. That letter that you're talking about, what I, what I loved about that, what I found encouraging about it was the writer Toby, who mm. said his name was, he was self-reflective. And he was able to look back and say, I was that guy. And I like the point he made where he said, there's only two ways it's going to go. You either keep doing it and it escalates or you get help. Mm. It doesn't just stop. Men like that don't just suddenly go, oh, hang on, what am I doing? It, it needs to, they need to have a circuit breaker. And in this case, it was his mate, which I do say to men, look out for other blokes, watch what your mm. mates are doing and pull them mm. up on it if they're being well, a- I th- abusive. I think that I'm really interested in your perspective on this, Ryan, as well, because what Toby talks about in his letter was uh, what Jacinta's saying is that his friend said to him, he was talking about a fight he had with his partner and that he'd smashed a plate mm. and that his friend got angry about it. Not um, abusive towards him, but just said that's not on and was really cross with him for his behavior. Mm. And that struck me as quite an unusual situation because I think even with women, when your friend is telling you about a fight, your yeah. natural inclination is to commiserate with or them. Or side with them or, or, or agree with them to, to validate <clears throat> what they're going through or vindicate them. Mm. But I agree, abuse is abuse and it starts verbally, mentally, and then physically. And no matter how it's intended, it's how it's received. And if someone feels intimidated, if someone is frightened on any level, then that's not okay. And it really, it is up to us blokes. And we, I'm, I'm so passionate about it because I know about it. And I think that we all have to step up and we all have to push each other in the right direction. And it, and it, it means we have to start having some difficult conversations with each other because enough's enough. So blokes to blokes is what blokes you're saying. Blokes to blokes and we and it needs to start in primary school. It needs to start with boys being sat down day 1 and 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 basic ethics, basic um, conversations about how to treat the opposite sex, how to treat each other, how to deal with feelings, how to um, express our feelings like we're going to be angry sometimes. That happens, but we don't 
we, we're not allowed to project that onto other people. And, and, it, and it's, it, it starts with, with, you know, the foundations of basic psychology and, and having a healthy dialogue about how we express our feelings and how we communicate with each other. And guys do need to do better. We need to do way better. And how are you finding, Jacinta, I know this is front of mind for you, but I'm wondering how you're bringing up your boys, Jacinta, to be aware of all of those things. I, I feel like I have to be hyper vigilant. I'm probably too much on it. I'm on their every word. I'm watching them all the time because I'm a single mum and I can't control what goes on in the other house. And so I see myself as their as their touch point and their role model. And I'm the one trying to role model for them how to treat women. So I feel a huge responsibility for that. And that's, again, what Rai was saying. If society could come in more and help in the classroom and with other families and, and to also back up what I'm saying. We were playing a game the other day, that guess who game where you have to, that you know, they flip up a face and you have to guess who the other one is. And one of my boys got a girl and they went, oh no, I've got a girl. Now, <laughs> any other boy could say that and you could laugh, but I am, <gasps> what have you just said? So I'm saying, well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? You know, girls, women are equal and I go into this whole you know explanation but but I have to I'm on it the whole time because and the but the more important thing probably is that we raise our boys to express their emotions because that's how we got into this trouble in the first place mm. so I will always say cry tell me what's wrong every right. every single I night I get into bed with them and say what's wrong with you and what's wrong with you <laughs> tell me if there's anything on your mind you tell me now and I'm just always telling them to to tell me when they're feeling vulnerable and scared and get those tears out and express your emotions and if they're angry I say it's okay to be angry nothing wrong with anger but just tell me you're angry don't mm. hurt anybody or lash out Ryan it's how just are a you brought job. up in that regard like in terms of um, because we're going through different generations now mm. and obviously parents today have a different sense of raising voice particularly after the me too movement and the amount of awareness now about trying to get boys to express their emotions to be respectful all those things mm. but it was a different time when you were being brought up mm-hmm. it wasn't that long ago no but it you know, I was born in 79. It's, you know, um, well, yeah, look, I know my dad, my dad's dad had a very violent father. And then as a result, my dad's dad was quite violent. And then as a result, my dad tried really hard not to be, and he wasn't, but, but he, he bottled up a lot of stuff and it came out in some very scary ways at times. And, um, we've all done a lot of work on that. And, um, you know, I still do work on that, but it, it, it is generational. It is handed on and it is patterns of behavior. It is, you do witness things, you, you experience things and then it's, it's, you don't have the right roadmap moving forward as to, you know, how do I, how do I be a, a like a good man, like we're talking about. And so it, it's kind of handed down and, and the more we normalize it or we, we say, oh, that's that family or they're over there or... Um, it wouldn't happen here. It wouldn't happen here. It happens everywhere. Mm. It's happening all the time. And, and, and there's still today, like, there's so much domestic violence. Women are dying all the time. But also, it's not just the violence. It's the abuse. It's the mental stuff. It's the sitting around dinner tables and just the whole family on eggshells. All mm. of that, we need to be opening up and unpacking. And it, and, and it needs to become normal to talk about as a society. Mm. And the problem also, I mean, there's so many problems, but also even in the law, the police won't act at this stage unless it's physical. So they will actually ask a woman 
Is your life under threat? Yeah. Has he physically hurt you? If the answers to that, if the answer to those questions are no, they say, oh, it's just an argument, and they leave. Mm. That's the point. This, that actually, that that requires law change, and. The lawmakers, the politicians, they can do that now. So let's get that happening now. So at that very point, if a woman feels threatened and she calls the police and they turn up and she says, he's been swearing at me, arrest the man. That's it. That's where it's going to start. Or get him into, they don't even have to send them to jail, get them into behavioural psychology lessons, get them into counselling. That will make a huge difference. And it's so so refreshing to see, I know there are many great men out there, but to see a man so reflective, self-reflective, despite how you grew up. Right. I'm wondering. I what thought it, you were going to say, despite how you groomed. <laughs> it's got a full man bed going on. But how, what was it that made you self-reflective, despite what I mean, your role modelling was? That's a tough one. But I, I mean, I don't. I'm flawed. Like I've been angry. I, I've been angry many times and and had outbursts. You know. But I also have been seeing a psychologist since I was 23. I'm 40, and so I've done a lot of work and uh, and it's self-awareness and it's just. It's helping and someone it, be guided through that. And I think that part about getting yeah. men to help was a point of what a lot of people are saying and what Toby was saying in his article is get help. See someone talk and about And there's nothing it. wrong with that. It's actually, um, that's that's a mark of a strong man who yeah. who gets help. And the, and the other thing also to acknowledge is that domestic violence isn't just men on women. It's also men on boys, men on men. And mm. so... That's also how it's handed down, is that kind of abuse is taken on by younger men and then they move into life with skewed views of relationships and masculinity and and how to express themselves and what being a good, tough bloke is, or whatever the fuck that means. Mm. And now I've opened a can of worms. Mm. I'm going to try and put the lid back on. We can talk about this all day. We could, and hopefully when people listen to this, it'll start a conversation. At least neither of us are passionate about it. You know, I can tell it's just like a bit of a no no. (laughs) Whatevs. Why why are we talking about this? Was maths on last time? It's because we've both been there yeah, in one way or another. Thank you both for that honesty. Um, We are going to take the topic, the level down a notch with the next one because we're talking about baboons. I can't even say it. Baboons and vasectomies. Yesterday afternoon, three baboons that were on their way here to Royal Prince Alfred Hospital have somehow managed to escape their cage and run free throughout the grounds and they have sent the hospital into lockdown. In fact, they had to call in the police and workers from Taronga Zoo to try and capture these three rascals. They eventually did that by sedating them. There are other stories around this particular story, but um, what got me about this is that one of the three was off to get a vasectomy, the male, and he's like going, I'm not into this. Screw this. I'm leaving. And he gets out. And um, I am taking a very long bow here. Mm. And the long bow is he was running away from his parental responsibilities because he had to get a vasectomy for the good of his troop. And that is what you call a group of baboons. Just Google it. The town he grew up in, like the population never grows because every time a kid's born, a guy leaves. (laughs) (laughs) What can they do? Um, (laughs) So the question I'm giving to you is what parental responsibility would you run away from and how would you do it? Let's just see. This was his last hurrah. Ryan? Are you going to run away from your vasectomy, Ryan? Well, firstly, I I think it's a shame that they weren't bonobos because apparently bonobos, (laughs) whenever they're stressed out, they just give each other a handjob. Oh, really? It's like a a form of social social currency for bonobos. How did you even know that? Um, My ex-wife. TV writer and she did a whole thing about bonobos in 
in an episode of television, and so that's how I know about it. So, oh, yeah, that's good. Okay. I feel better because I was I, just like, yeah, I'm not, out. I'm not into bonobos. Like, good, like we're the just fact checking. Anyway, yes, yes. yes. <clears throat> there's a real sort of animal thing going on between my poem and bonobo. Anyway, um, <laughs> what parental you? responsibility would I run away with laundry? Because now that I have to do it all, like in my house, and then you know, because I'm a single dad now, it's just instead of doing half half or a bit here and there, it's just so. Boring. So, what part of the laundry do you hate the most? Because there's steps, right? You, All of you it. Chuck it in the, but chuck uh, it in the, the machine's oh, not. Did you not do it before? How many? What? Did you not do it yes, before? Yes, of okay, course. But now I'm doing all of it. So now it's like it's not just collecting all of the 15 outfits that my daughter tries on in a day and leaves on the floor and then I'm picking up all of uh, this sounds disgusting but do you ever do the sniff test with like Always. shirts and pants? Always. Like, oh, this cleaner these days, and then chucking them in the, the things and just consolidating whites and and colours and getting them in the machine um, and learning about fabric softeners or whatever with different things and then hanging them out. And then uh, do you fold them as you take them off the line? Do you do it later? They and ne- then, never fold. And then on top of that, I get abused by my five-year-old because it's boring watching me hang clothes out or take them down because for like five minutes I'm not entertaining her. Uh, okay, so that's the first part. Mm. You'd run away mm. from the laundry. But my daughter would still be there, so I'd have to ke- take her with me to be No, here. no, this is a fantasy. This is just a fantasy. Like, just the laundry's there and I get th- to run. Yes. Yeah. So someone else is entertaining yeah. a child. Yeah. What would you do whilst avoiding the laundry? The baboon decided oh. he was going to run around the hospital. Yeah. Wasn't a great choice, if you ask me, but yeah. what would you do? I'd go for a swim. Nice. Yeah, head down to the beach. On your own? Yeah. No bags? quiet time. Just a towel on your shoulder? Listen to my podcasts. Um, listen to the parent panel. <laughs> uh, stroll along the beach um, and, uh, yeah, have some, you know, some self-reflective time. Can I just say a solo swim is definitely the mm. pinnacle mm. of escapism Because even parent. if you go to the toilet, right, they find you. They always find you. But they can't get you in the ocean. <laughs> But they depends how good a swimmer they are. <laughs> Can you see your daughter at the edge of the yeah. water? Daddy, I'm back. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't part of the fantasy. I love that yeah. you just made laundry <clears throat> a relatively simple process seem like it lasts for it. weeks. I hate it. <laughs> okay. How much Jacinta? laundry do two people make? It's insane. Jacinta, what parental responsibility would you run away from and what would you do? I just want to add that I find laundry kind of therapeutic. Mm. Do you iron? Maybe we should hook up. No. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan Ryan sees a gap. Let's let's hook up. So so I can do your laundry. This this is on Ryan's Tinder profile. But I want to add add that I only bought our first washing machine since moving out of home just a few weeks ago. So So what did you do before uh, that? We had one and then it broke and then I was using the general one in the building and anyway right. so now that I have one I think that's why because I'm yes. actually loving that I can it's exciting that I can do it all so what would I run away from though yes I, I hate cooking mm, hate. that's yeah yeah fair enough. I, I'm coming to terms with Jacinta, this I, I love cooking <laughs> I'm not lying Where am I, if I, if I wasn't. can I just say that when Ryan said that he lifted his foot yeah. and stood in tree pose yeah like I love cooking. As, this is how you turn on to you, Tell you me how much you hate it. Imagine, imagine this is like this is like negotiating a match in ancient times. Yeah. I'll tell you what, yeah. Barta, you did a laundry. Yeah, I, did the cooking. I can oh. see something happening here. It's a beautiful thing. Oh. It's a little bit old for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
not at all. You you don't have to cook. He yeah. doesn't have to do the laundry. Yeah. It is a match made in heaven. Yeah. Anyway, the reason I hate cooking is that <laughs> I, I hate. I, it's 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 actually quite a lot for me to admit that because mm. you know how it's quite cool to say that you love cooking and yes. chat about your different recipes. And so I've tried to deny that to myself, but now I'm just admitting it. And whenever I go on a holiday or if somebody makes me a meal or if we're taken out somewhere, it's like, yes, that's the best day. It's that's awesome. a good day. It is a good when day. When I don't have to do it. Or, you know, you cook the spaghetti bolognese in a batch and yeah. I stretch it out and I make it last for three days. That's the best. Yeah, spaghetti when, bolognese three like, days the, in no, a row. The dinner and the kids are like, oh, cool, mum. But it's like, it's like Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Cabbage soup again. Great. <laughs> <laughs> tastes, it's bolognese. Okay, I'm not yeah. that bad. It tastes a lot better than the cabbage soup. Actually, yeah. when I do it, when I apply myself, it's not bad. Yeah. I just don't enjoy it. Well, that's yeah. all right. It's find good it tedious. To it. No, I'm but I tell you what, as they get older, now I'm recruiting them in the process. That's good. Yeah. So they're so helping out. So, what is your fantasy? To what would you do running away? I didn't think about that till Ryan was in got himself ocean. running off to the beach. That's not my fantasy because I'm to get too sunburned. I <laughs> I like to have a bit of time to just read mm. um, oh, quietly. Yeah. Mm. But actually, as as now now I'm going to get deep on you because as a single parent, I actually don't crave a lot of me time because I get too much of it. So when they're not with me, when my children are not with me, I always find things to do and I'm, you know, people to catch up with and so on. But I, I, it doesn't feel right. You want to be with them. Yeah, I want to be with them. Yeah, so that's fair enough. So I get too much me time. Mm. So pe- people who are in intact marriages, as they call it, will often do that very insensitive thing <laughs> where they'll so say, "Intact." <laughs> I'm in an intact Hopefully marriage. Hopefully happy, happy as well. <laughs> but they'll do that really insensitive thing where you don't do this, Siobhan, but they'll say, oh, you're so lucky what I would give to have a weekend off. No, because it's not by choice. Yeah, and you want to be When, when you're in a marriage, you actually think, well, gee, that'd be nice to have, mm. a, have a few hours. The irony is I never got that then, but. Now, when you get all that enforced, it's enforced time off. I don't want it. No. Then you do the handover and you're like, oh, thank goodness. And then about five minutes later, you're like looking at photos of your child on the, yeah. on the Back to when they were a baby <laughs> yeah. and you used to do that once you put it's them pathetic. down. Yeah. yeah, that is sad. But it's interesting what you say about the book because I think one of the things I miss about pre-children life is that ability when it rained to go, oh, that's great. I'm going to sit in the chair and read this book mm. or watch this movie. Now when it rains, you look outside and go, oh, oh what are we going to do for all day? Mm-hmm. Ah! Go see Sonic. Oh, is that what you did? Yeah. Was it any good? Actually, it was quite fun. Was it better than the marriage? Uh, it was way better than Marriage Story. <laughs> marriage Story. I only, so you haven't even watched it. it. It wasn't better than The Marriage. It was better than... <laughs> Marriage story. <laughs> that could have yeah. been very insensitive. I, yeah. I wasn't talking about your marriage. Thanks, I was talking about the movie. Hey, you should be thanking me. I introduced you to Jacinta, who likes doing the laundry. <laughs> Thank you very much. Moving on. Match made in heaven. Yeah. That's all you ever want in a man. I like cooking. She likes laundry. It's perfect, mate. <laughs> All right. Parenting has different stages and phases, and sometimes one of the more tricky parenting problems is helping kids solve friendship dilemmas. We're talking about problem solving next on The Parent Panel. She took my pencil. Lisa, there are plenty of mini golf pencils in the kitchen drawer. Tell Bart, because it's my pencil and he stole it. Starfish head. I can write your name better than you. It's not until you go back to Simpson episodes that you realise how violent they were. That was Bart and Lisa hitting each other. But basically, they have a few Barneys. Siblings have Barneys all the time. And I think it's a little bit different because with siblings, um, they're both yours and you mm. you don't feel awkward about 
killing one mm. or the other of them off or whatever it might be. Um, a colleague at work this week was talking about quite a difficult situation for her because her daughter's best friend had gone home and told her mum that this little girl had been mean to her and it was just one of it wasn't a situation of bullying it wasn't anything like that it was just a bit awkward because this mother was obviously worried about her daughter and then trying to mediate when you're on the other side of that is challenging mm. i think it's tricky because in those situations i often wonder who do you believe because mm. you you want your child to do the right thing you don't want them to be mean but you also don't want your child not to think you're in their corner. They want mm. to know you've got their back. So, Jacinta, if your child has been accused of being mean to another child and their parent has come to tell you about it, how do you deal with that? Well, first of all, we have a rule at the school that you're not allowed to approach another parent. Uh-huh. We just we recently had, you know, for the new oh, year, like we had all the induction things for, uh, yeah. for the new year. The teachers talked to you about what's going to happen. And both the classes, they reiterated that. If any issues happen between the children, do not go and speak to another parent. Come to us. However, it's, it does happen. Mm. I say you've got to be on the front foot and take the blame every time. <laughs> and then you can talk quietly to your child and, and have a different conversation. So I had it happen to me last year where my son, my oldest son, was... So another parent rang me and said, I'm just giving you the heads up. He was throwing sand. A whole bunch of them were throwing sand. All these kids were. And it was a windy day. It was one of those full-on windy days. Mm. And it blew into another child's face. I'm just warning you because the mother wasn't happy. So I thought, front foot. So I sent the other mother a text and said, I understand this happened. And we're terribly sorry. Jasper's very sorry. He didn't mean to do it. And I hope your son's okay. Well, she wrote back a text that went on for about six paragraphs. Oh, Oh. About, oh, now, worst. if that were me, I would say, well, thank oh, you thanks. for saying that. Don't worry about yes, it. He's fine. It up. It went, yes, I was very disappointed this oh, had don't. happened. And our child was, you know, uh, went to casualty and all this. <laughs> <laughs> casualty. Serious. Oh, God. And on it went. And so I was then upset by that because I thought, hang on, I've been gracious. I've taken the blame. He threw sand in the air. And mm. it. Yes, it didn't. It was an accident. And even if he did do it on purpose, just take my apology. Mm. And I'm going to go a little further here. I don't know if you agree with me on this. I feel like single parents cop it worse with other parents, right? Having a go at us about our parenting. I've I've noticed it um, with myself, and I've had a lot of other single parents say that too. And I I have given it thought, and I wonder if it's because they feel like subconsciously, but there's no one to back you up. Mm. So they they give you that hard time about it. It's like, look what your son's done. There's probably that underlying stigma around, you know, you're not yeah. parenting very well here. That's so strange. I was really, really upset by that text then and yeah. I didn't reply. Uh, and But then I spoke to my son and said what happened and he, he admitted that he'd thrown sand and it had gone on this child's face. So he went and said, sorry, and what more can you do? But mm. this woman still doesn't talk to me. I don't think you're losing out on anything. No. <laughs> Ryan, what would you do? Yeah, that's a tricky one because, I mean, at five, kids don't even have a properly formed brain. They're quite reactive and they're very emotional. So I don't I don't really know how I'd address it other than just to sort of vindicate or placate or be friendly and non-confrontational with a parent and then just have a chat with my daughter. I, I, I don't know how else I'd deal with it other than there's no point in going, get the hell out of my house, you know. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no, that's not My daughter point. would never get away. It's just, every personality is different and every parent's different and there are a lot of passive-aggressive morons out there. So, <laughs> you know, it's just five-year-olds. I know. It, I mean, yes, we've got to teach them early what's right and wrong, but also not make them feel ashamed or... 
Yeah, it's awkward. Naughty or bad all the time. Exactly. Even I think when we've had a, a little girl in our school that has been labelled as a bully, and I've seen how she behaves, and she's not entirely lovely or yeah. nice to the other kids, but I just think there's a huge danger in labelling a child yes. that young in a way. I'm not saying sometimes maybe evil is born, not made. I don't know. That's yeah, another deep topic for another time. But when they're so young, it's mm. like surely we want to help guide and steer them out of that behavior as opposed to labeling them and trying to get our kids the hell away from them. Yeah. Although not to say that I wasn't happy when she decided that my little girl wasn't to be her friend. <laughs> it's like, I don't have to deal with your issues. But yeah, I just deal is, with my it, kids' issues. You know, everyone's got like at least 30% difference or something. Like hearing is that a real stat? Yeah, oh, oh, I don't know. Remember, like, fact-free We've zone. all got like, a, oh, everyone's okay. like going to be at least 30% different or whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> But like, Sounds good. We'll it's, go I that. think it's also good for kids to learn that you don't have to get along with everyone. You're not going to exactly. get along. You don't want to be a pleaser, no. you know, but it, it's also not nice to be mean to people or rude or violent. But at the same time, yeah, that, that kind of balance is, is very tricky. Mm, and the school that my daughter goes to, they've implemented a, a friendship course. So they call it like if there's a friendship fire, how to put out friendship fires. And a couple of oh, the yeah. teachers have been trained in talking to the kids about different friendships, which my job's done. Having a dialogue. <laughs> great. Are we allowed to go to that? Yeah, I know. I'd like to hear that. I know. I think I need, we all need it, don't we? 78.5% of statistics <laughs> are made up on the spot. I reckon you might could even go higher than that. All right, our final topic up next, getting nude in front of the kids, yay or nay? <laughs> Babyology writer Lana Hallows is a total nudie. Apparently, she recently wrote about how she feels comfortable being nude in front of her boys. They're six and four now, but her husband thinks that it's time she stopped. Ryan. Oh, come on, mate. Who cares? <laughs> Honestly, like I don't have a bath at my place and if it's a super hot day and it's time for, for my little one shower, I'll jump in there with her, wash her hair, chat away, brush our teeth together. Like, I don't, the, the, this is this crazy notion that kids are going to be scarred by seeing us naked or something like that. They're just bits and pieces. It's not, it's, we're not here to sexualize anything. It's, it's very normal to have these, this stuff. And I'm, I'm assuming they'll hit an age where organically she feels shy or, or, or uncomfortable or closed off or when she's becoming um, adolescent, that sort of thing. She brings her friends home. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't do it in front of the other kids. But with mine, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know. What age do you reckon you'll s- stop doing that? Not your uh, age, her age. Um, oh, it's no, it should have to be 10, I don't know. Maybe. You'll, you'll just read the signs. I'll read the you? signs. I don't mm. think there's like, that sounds a little strange that the dad's like, I don't think you should be nude in front of our little boys. That's very strange to me. Well, and he's also covering up too, by the sounds of things. Right. What's he covering up? <laughs> oh, you mean he's covering up his body. I thought you meant he was concealing <laughs> some sort of... Jacinta, how do you feel? Because you're a mum of two boys that are getting heading into their tween years. Oh, don't say that. Not yet. I guess they are. Uh, how do I feel? Well, I never had an issue with it before, uh, but I am noticing. So that's why I asked about the mm. age. I am noticing now that I don't walk around nude in front of them, but I'm just going to my room and get changed. And then this has just happened a couple of days ago. And I've noticed that they're starting to watch a little more and they'll say things like, ooh, 
look at mummy's boobies. And I'll say, they fed you, okay? Yeah, that's right. And I try to bring them around that way. But I ha- I am starting to be a bit more, I, I'm modest about it. And it's not because of it's not sexualized. There's nothing I'm worried about like that. It's more that I'm embarrassed with the way they're kind of having a go at me. You yes. Know, it's sounding um, unusual because I shouldn't care that they're having a go at me. But I just think I don't want the fuss. So now I just think I'll just... Yeah. I'll just make sure I but but if they run in and I'm getting changed, I will actually say, oh, excuse me, I'm getting dressed. This is my private time. Give me a minute. I, well, I've tried that when I'm on the toilet. I'm like, excuse me, has anyone noticed that something's happening yeah. here that doesn't need <laughs> exactly. a witness? And also move away. I've I've had I mean Renalia was three, two or three, and we'd go use the toilet together and she'd just yell things out like <laughs> you know, Oh great, I can stare at your penis or <laughs> Daddy, you've got a peanut, she used to say. We're like, well, hang on. Firstly, that's embarrassing for more reasons than one. And secondly, the word is penis. And she's and he's just declared that on radio. There's, there's your new teaser for the show, by the yeah. way. Yeah, Daddy's got a peanut. <laughs> what a great place to end the whole show. Really? Ryan's got a peanut. I was hoping I could be more everyone. honest today. <laughs> All right, well, before I let you That'll go... That'll be a new idea next week. Um, so, Ryan, I know that Dr. Doctor's back on the air. Do you want to tell us about it? Oh, that? yeah. Uh, Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock, after Married at First Sight. And Jacinta, is there anything, any columns you've got coming up? You've had some really good ones in the Sunday... Life. Life. Sunday Thank Life. You. Sunday Life. I have written one that should be published soon called The Post-Breakup Home. Oh, and nice. It's, I wrote it about how when you... When you move out of, of home, you tend to treat everything as a bit temporary. So it's important that you embrace that space and and make it feel like home and make it feel permanent. And I had Anita Burgess from Miss On Plus oh, I come her. over and help me declutter. She's Fantastic. a decluttering the kids expert. Toys. Oh, wow. Amazing. You Marie Kondo'd it, but with someone else. Yeah, she just, paid just someone the toys. else. Spark we only, joy. We only got through the toys. That's big There's enough for me. Come. That's big enough. Thank you both so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. It was fun. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a babyology podcast, hosted and produced by me, Siobhan Hunt. For more information on the show or to check out other episodes with equally funny and insightful guests, you can find all you need at our website, babyology.com.au forward slash parent panel.